Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. Um, my name is Alex, this is my co-host Rob. Hello, how are you doing? Um, this is our ninth episode now, and um, uh, the format of the show is basically this. Myself and Rob report on stories which we found amusing from our from our local areas, or more specifically our hometowns where we mm. grew up. So for me, that's South East London, it's where I still live. And um, Rob, although he lives in South East London now, not far from me, he was born in, in Just Chalford... Chalford, well done. Chalford, First time. Uh, in Gloucestershire, and he reports from the Stroud and Swindon areas. Yeah. Are you also doing Bournemouth again this week? Uh, yeah, I probably will do some stories from Bournemouth. And the reason for that is is that my, my family have a second home that used to belong to my grandmother down in Dorset, in the sort of pool, Christchurch, Bournemouth area. So I also report, I've started reporting from stories from the Bournemouth Echo. And we can be found on our website. You can download episodes from our website, which is um, localanesthetic.libsyn.com. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Mm-hmm. And we can also be found on iTunes. If you search for Local Anesthetic on iTunes or for Alex and Rob on iTunes, you will find us there in the podcast section. Yeah, we also have a Facebook page, um, which I'm still trying to promote. We've only got 10 likes, which is something, but it, it could be more. Um, you'll, you'll see updates from myself. And any news related to the podcast you can find on there and uh, any amusing anecdotes. The address is uh, www.facebook.com forward slash local anaesthetic podcast. It's that simple. Now, we have been doing um, some more looking at our statistics, haven't we, Rob? Because Libsyn, our hosting service, provides us with statistics for who's downloading the show. And we have had now um, pretty much 400 downloads. And they're from places (laughs) all over the world. Um, I know that the majority of our downloads come from the city of London. And for anybody who doesn't know London... L- the city of London is actually a specific region of London. It's like the financial district of yeah, London. Yeah, it's known as it? a square mile. This could get confusing, but the, the, the central areas of London are the city of Westminster and the city of London. London is the whole. It's, the, it's all London's made up of 32 different boroughs. But yeah, the city of London is a very specific borough with a very low um, population because it's mainly, as you said, financial institutions based yeah. there. So all these rich bankers seem to be listening to our show, do they? Uh... Maybe maybe that's what they're doing. I, I never thought about it. Maybe they're listening during work. Maybe that's what they're doing. So they're too busy to email. So the most that we've the most that we've had is from the city of London, and second after that, with total amount of downloads, all all come from California in the United States, and that's broken down into different areas as well. Yes, um, I mean it, I think from what what our, um, our statistics have told us, it seems that San Francisco, still, yeah, is way ahead. San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, we've got loads of people downloading it from. Baltimore, we've got people downloading Sacramento, from. Sacramento, Sacramento, Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Seattle, Seattle, Cincinnati, and two from New York. I'm really pleased we've got New. New York on there now. Yeah. So um, in New York, the two people, or maybe the same person, downloading the same episode—not the same episode—but downloading two episodes of the podcast. Tell your friends. You know, we want to crack that market. I have said before, and, and we will give the email address out at the end of the show. We are really looking for people to submit their emails. So wherever you live in the world, I mean, we've got people downloading here from Saudi Arabia, from Kuala Lumpur, from Spain, Australia, Russia. Yeah, all, um, all manner of different Iran. places. We want you to look for a story that you found amusing in your local area, and we want you to email them to us at localanesthetic at gmail.com, and we're going to give the email address out again at the end of the show and spell it all for you and everything like that. I do think, as well, just, just very briefly, it, it, there's a lot of downloads from Croydon, which I've noticed, but not a lot from sort of maybe Stroud. Not from the areas where we report, <laughs> not from South East London or from the Stroud and Swindon areas, or Bournemouth for that matter. Yeah. They're missing out. Um, shall I start us off here? Rob? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I've got, I just want to start off with these two very short stories, which uh, I really loved because, again, they, they are the ones that I think you've described before as really pushing the boundaries of, is, are, oh, yeah. Are, are, yeah. you know, is this news? This is really the definition of mind-numbing local news. Okay. And this is from the News Shopper. So it's a South East London story. It's by Kelly Smale. I mean, the headline is brilliant. Okay. Leighton Cross Social Club in Wilmington held a games night to celebrate the opening of the new storeroom. <laughs> Bit of a wordy headline. (laughs) The new storeroom. A Wilmington social club held a games night to celebrate the opening of its new storeroom. Leighton Cross Social Club in Tredegar Road was granted £10,000 by the Lottery Awards 
and this was matched by the club to provide a new room to store equipment. So they've had 10 grand from the lottery to buy a new cupboard. And they've put in 10 grand for a new cupboard. So the lottery have earmarked £10,000 for this storeroom. More than 100 people attended the games evening to celebrate the opening of this storeroom, which involved darts, bowls, skittles and golf. The club is open to members and their guests every Friday. A Rod Stewart tribute act will take place <laughs> <laughs> Will take place on May the 12th and a family day is wow. planned for the Queen's Diamond Jubilee on June the 2nd. It literally is Joyous. a cupboard. Rob, do you want to see a picture of yeah, the of people who run this club and the storeroom behind them? Oh, that's really quite pathetic. How could a cupboard cost... How could, how could a storeroom cost 20 grand, Rob? Why, why would they not show us the doors open? Right. For the picture, there's a man and woman standing in front of what, what appears to be a, a set of double fire doors. Yeah. And they've clearly cut some sort of rudimentary ribbon that they've... they've the red, found. white and blue there. Yeah. They've cut the very ribbon. Pay, they are very patriotic to open their crappy cupboard. Isn't that unbelievable? There were, there were some great comments here. Um, Cookster says... Phew, I need to sit down after reading this. <laughs> and I like this one from Needs a Life. Right. Who says, I need to join this club so we can have a party every time I put my garbage out or something of that ilk. Sounds good to me. 10,000 pounds? That's incredible. Well, that story is genuinely uh, mind-numbing. Yeah. Um, the second one is even shorter. It's simply this. It's by David Mills. It's from the new shopper. Eight manhole covers stolen from Badger's Mount. <laughs> Okay. Police are investigating after eight manhole covers were stolen overnight. The covers were taken from the A224 London Road in Badger's Mount, which is a great name, it is. on uh, Tuesday, April 3rd. Anyone with information should call Kent Police or Crime Stoppers. Um, a couple of comments. Jaded One says, police are looking into it. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, I see what he's done there. But this person, they've taken it really seriously and very personally. <laughs> Dag simply says, seems to me this happens at the same time every year. Why? <laughs> right, my first story this week is from the Stroud News and Journal. Um, we actually have a reporter connected to the story. From the Stroud News and Journal? News Does and that Journal. mean it's broken out of its uh, communist I don't chains? Know. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed so I didn't leave a comment, which I said I was going to, but I will do that for next week. Yeah, last week, we, me and Rob uh, agreed that um, we wanted to leave a comment anonymously on the Stroud, for a Stroud News and Journal story, because what we've said is, is that every story that's come from the Stroud News and Journal, ever since we've been doing this podcast, has never had any comments on it. Mm. And Rob and I have this theory that's been germinating over the last eight episodes, you need to go back, you need to listen to them all, that there are lots of stories coming out of Stroud which suggest it's formed its own breakaway communist fascist state within Basically. Britain, independent of British rule. If you go back and listen to the early podcast, you'll understand why we believe this. Uh, and the other thing is they never have a reporter connected to the story. No. Uh, they just have SNJ reporter like this automaton, this android reporter. We now have a reporter. Who is it? It's Nick Wakefield. So okay, the headline, what? police hunt for boys seen running over cars. Brilliant. Mm. Uh, reports that two boys damaged seven cars in Stroud uh, by running over the vehicles. Bonnets and roofs have been investigated by police. Officers attending the scene in Bath Road around 8.50pm on Wednesday, April the 4th, but no one was located. One boy wore a pink and green ja uh, jacket, while the other wore a cream top and is believed to have had a bike. They weren't dressed boys... very well, were they? Well, you, you thought they might start to stand on a mile off. A pink and green jacket? That sounds yeah. truly hideous. And the other wore a cream top and is believed to have had a bike. <laughs> right. Both boys are thought to have been in the company of three girls. I, I told a story, and it, it, like I said, it's a bit of a nothing story, but I do like the fact that literally they were running over, literally they were running onto cars and running over the roofs of cars. Yeah, hoodlums. This is a sort of behaviour that you would crack down immediately on in Stroud. Exactly. Under the new regime. I wonder if it was actually uh, some sort of demonstration against against the police. You're, are you speculating that these um, these youths were engaged in an anti-fascist demonstration, basically protesting yeah. against what's happening in Stroud, and they're being victimised and tried to be to, to be uh, uh, criminalised as hoodlums? So they're actually freedom fighters. Is what, that's what I'm suggesting. They are the Rebel Alliance. Yes. Okay. And and obviously the 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 the, uh, the pink and green jacket is is, is their their their, co their colours of revolution. Okay. You have to you have to see if there are any more incidents that crop up in Stroud where people are mentioned to be wearing pink and green jackets because <laughs> it is quite an unusual colour scheme. It no is. comments on that story. I no, no, surprisingly not. No. <laughs> okay. This this story I saw today, okay. and it just made me laugh. It's by Mark Chandler. It's okay. from the New Shopper. It's another short story. 
DVD seller left in coma after Downham struggle. A DVD seller was left in a coma after she argued with a potential customer in Downham. The incident happened on April the 5th between 12.45pm and 1.15pm for a half-hour window when the 43-year-old Oriental woman offered to sell a DVD to a passerby. I, I, I wondered after reading that, is that, is, is that, the, appropriate, is that the appropriate term? I, Oriental? I don't just think it is. Surely that's quite an imperialistic word. I thought it was quite an imperialistic term. Sorry, it would be Asian woman. Well, anyway, the 43-year-old Oriental woman offered to sell a DVD to a passerby. Police say the man claimed he had no money and she got into his car to drive to a cash point. Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> so, first of all, she's trying to sell him a DVD on the street. Have you never, have you never come across um, these DVDs? Think, well, the, yeah. the kind of people who come into pubs and say, would you like a DVD? Yeah, and they hang around outside train stations. They're, yeah. they're, they're pirated DVDs. Yeah, obviously. They're illegal. Right. Okay. Okay. During the journey, a disagreement broke out and she jumped out of the car at Moorside Road, leading to a struggle resulting in her hitting her head on the ground. She was taken to hospital by ambulance and remains in a critical but stable condition, but she's in a coma. The man is described as in his 20s, around six foot tall, of athletic build, wearing a dark grey tracksuit. A 23-year-old was arrested and later released on bail. And again, if you can help, they recommend you call Crime Stoppers. It was the comments on this story that interested me. The wall simply said, a DVD seller e- equals an illegal DVD seller. Yeah. So what are we meant to feel sorry for? Somebody breaking many laws. Gpo, <laughs> many laws. Gpo 14, who often posts quite controversial comments, yeah, he does, yeah. said this, more like the tiddly was trying to flog something else. Never mind a DVD, he could have ended up with an STD. What does he mean by tiddly? We'll get into that. Uh... The next person, KSC... Would I be right thinking that I'm, I'm anticipating some, some sort of racist comment coming up? No. <laughs> no, really? no, he needs okay. something else. Okay. So the next person says, STD, can you record on them? And what's the... Th- <laughs> <laughs> and what's the tiddly? Is that anything like a dongle? Flaming technology. And Gpo 14 replies, a tiddly wink. It's an old game. This girl was more than likely playing the oldest game in the world. So um, tiddly must be some sort of slang so for a prostitute. Yeah, he's implying that he's used to some sort of whore. <laughs> Is that not an acceptable comment? <laughs> Rob, have you got a story for us? <laughs> it was just the way you said it. With complete contempt. Yeah. Um, this story's from the Australian News and Journal. Again, it's an issue one. Um, oh, well, I've heard about this. I've just seen the headline <laughs> on your screen. <laughs> okay, just read the headline and then, then okay. we're going to have to tell people about what this story's about. Okay. Swindon man airlifted from Titanic Memorial Cruise. <laughs> now, for anybody who doesn't know, I saw this on the news recently, and I won't talk about what your story might well be about, but they, they did, basically, they took this great big... What boat was it? It was one of the old royal boats, wasn't it? It's a great, um, massive... It's the MS Balmoral. Uh, right, Balmoral, right? This massive, massive ship. And they sent it off on this cruise as a, as, as a, as an on, in, uh, to honour... The Titanic. Yes. So on this on this anniversary, was it on an, its anniversary? It was the hundredth anniversary. The hundredth anniversary. The so they named yeah. this ship the Titanic. All these people turned up in costume, in period costume of the time. Yeah. And all these people, all these Titanic enthusiasts. Because when I saw that, I thought of you, Rob. Because Rob is very interested in the Titanic. I and like I thought, I'm surprised Rob didn't book himself a place on that cruise. And all I heard recently was that it, it ended in disaster. Hadn't hit an iceberg, but no. it had to be abandoned. It's ridiculous. Who on earth thought of doing a memorial? cruise to the Titanic and calling it again the Titanic yeah I mean you're just asking for it's it like, it's, like, it's like literally resurrecting the, the, the Crystal Palace just to burn it down again yeah <laughs> okay um, it's believed that the man airlifted from the Titanic Memorial Cruise was from Swindon the Barrymore which is following the route taken by the ill-fated liner 100 years ago was forced to, was forced to take a short detour after the man became unwell he has been named as BBC cameraman Tim Rex 56 he was airlifted off the, the MS Balmoral by a rescue helicopter as a precaution. The ship which left, sorry, the ship which left Southampton on Sunday uh, had to head back towards the Irish coast in order for the, the rescue mission to be carried out. However, it is still expected to arrive at the wreckage site of the Titanic in time for the scheduled memorial service. Oh, so they haven't, the so they haven't abandoned it. No, it's still it's. But so they are. So they they're are. sailing to where the Titanic is is resting on the bottom of the Atlantic. Yeah. Is there nothing slightly odd, yet morbid, maybe about yeah. that? I thought you would have found it all fascinating. I did find it fascinating, but I just uh, the reason I like this story is because, in my slightly warped sense of humour, I thought that he probably had the most authentic cruise on that ship. <laughs> 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 the fact 
lady has to be rescued from the ship. Do you think he paid extra for that? Maybe. The true Titanic experience, you know. <laughs> Airlifted. Struggling for your life. Okay, Rob, my next story. Um, I'd already read about this in the new shopper, and then, and then I read this follow-up article, which kind of explains the original article, so there's no nice. need for me to read that. It's by Alan Woods. Okay. And the headline is, New Shopper Speaks to Dartford's Hottest Men. Now, there's, re- there's a reason for this. Right. Basically, there was a survey done, and it, found, and it was looking at where you find the most attractive people in England. And Dartford was in the top ten. <laughs> well, uh, this is actually I, I can't I can't besmirch that because I've no idea. I've never been to Dartford. So. Um, uh, you can. Is it questionable? You, you can question. <laughs> okay. Lucky lasses in Dartford are onto a winner in more ways than one. A pair of revealing surveys show two things. Not only are they better, do they stand a better chance of scooping a lottery jackpot, but also of securing a hot fella. Figures based on twenty-six million member ratings on Flirt Finder. Dot Moby dating website Jesus. show Dartford's men are some of the best looking in the country, ranking them 10th hottest nationwide. For the town's blokes, however, the picture is less rosy as the data reveals talent amongst the town's babes is lacking, oh ranking them 108th out of 112 surveyed boroughs. The extra lucky lady may meet a rich Dartford hunk as number crunchers at the National Lottery say the town is the third luckiest place to live for winning the jackpot. Since 1994, okay. there have been 65 jackpot winners in the Dartford postcode area. I know I'm going to I'm going to move there. While one in every 1,391 adults in the area have pocketed 50,000 or more in the game. I mean, it's quite extraordinary. 21-year-old writer Kimberly Tuff of Marset Road said, "Dartford is full of weird pikey chavs <laughs> who aspire to be on Jeremy Kyle." Um, and now, uh, let me just say. As we have so many American Some listeners, like that. as we have so many American listeners, Jeremy Carl is basically a talk show in, in in the ilk of Maury. You know, I've seen in America, and it's brilliant. Maury Povich yeah, yeah. is a brilliant, brilliant show, and you know he does all those DNA tests. Who's the Alex, father? He does all you. of this. Jeremy, Jeremy Carl US has been launched. Do you not know about this? What he's doing a US chat show? Yeah, it's already started. Is you he popular see... over there? Uh, apparently so. Yeah. Well, if you're in America and you've you've seen this Jeremy Tar- uh, Jeremy Kyle talk show, then please let us know. He's just called Jeremy Kyle USA. He's quite obnoxious. He is. Um, uh, so she said, uh, "Whoever says they're hot has problems." Swanley student Hannah Bland, 21, said, "I don't think it's true. I don't feel like there are too many amazing-looking men in Dartford. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places. I think the men are better looking than the women. That's probably right." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Frank Smith, 48, of, Bake, of Baker Crescent, said, I've just moved from Seven Oaks, and it's a bit different here. There are real people here. They aren't good-looking, though. The women may be a little voluptuous, <laughs> but they're real. The guys are very patriotic and down-to-earth. In Seven Oaks, they're all stuck up themselves. So I'm going to read the headline to you again, and then I'm going to show you the picture that they've included. Oh, brilliant. Okay. New shopper speaks to Dartford's hottest men. Are you ready for the picture? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. a picture of a man from Dartford. Would you describe him as hot? I think they've be, they've deliberately included a picture of a man, very very ordinary looking man. He, he is extremely ordinary. He, there's nothing. He's not by any means a, a you know a, a naturally handsome man. Please, he just looks very please, bland. wherever you're listening to in the world, just put in to Google or your 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 preferred search engine. New shopper speaks to Dartford's hottest men. You'll get the story and you will see the picture of this. This 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 Dartford man. He's not model material. He's not someone you'd, you'd, you'd see on the side of a bus in a pair of of underwear. Why see on a bus in underwear. Yeah, like you know, you see like the Giorgio Armani. Are you talking about on an advert, not yeah. on the bus itself? No, no. Because no. normally the only guys I see sitting on buses wearing underpants are people who have you know. Well, I think have nowhere else to live. To live. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just before we continue, I've just got to intervene with something because, um, Rob, you handed me this flyer before we began this podcast. Uh, Rob told me that on Saturday he was thinking of going up to Hyde Park in, in London, which is a very uh, famous park in London, to see a dog show. And the reason he was thinking of going was because the event was free. And I did mention last week that Rob is very good at, at going to see things for free. But look at that what this is offering, though. Hyde Park... Sunday That's the 15th good. of April, 10am to 6pm, a truly pet fun day out for all of the family. 
Hyde Park at the old football pitches near the Pavilion and Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> a great family day out packed full of attractions including Olympus Agility, Temptation Alley, Pooch Portraits. I think you're meant to go there if you've got a dog, Rob. No, you can go along without a dog. What, and have a Pooch Portrait done at your ugly you can, mug? You can go to the Diamond Dog Show. Uh, with special judges, and you, but you can also enter your dog, but you can right. also just go through well, But what I'm asking you is, when you, right, look, uh, this is an intervention. <laughs> Why are you considering going to this? You have no interest in dogs. I love dogs. I'm a huge dog person. Is that why you're thinking of going? Yeah. You thought it, or is it because it's free? If this was six well, pounds, well. would you? If it's <laughs> six pound, would you? Would that have gone in the bin? Probably yes. Right. Okay. Uh, right, Rob. Your next story. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to the Strand News and Journal. I've got another story with another yet another reporter. So they brought journalists. So do, what's happening then? This state mouthpiece, the Stroud. Why suddenly are they putting the journalist's name? I like name to on think that we're 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 part of it. I like to think that somewhere, somewhere in the in the Strand News and Journal offices, someone's heard this podcast and think and realised that we're onto them. It's okay, like we need to start. A well, get, we need to get that comment on there because we're going to put a comment on that there anonymously, just yes. calling them. Communists, and if somebody from the Stroud News and Journal is listening, obviously that comment won't be anonymous anymore because I've just said that's what we're going to do. Yeah, In which case, we're not going to do it. Yeah, and if you do get a comment, it's nothing to do with us. Okay, this is a story that harks back to one that we did a few weeks back uh, in regards to the resurfacing of roads around Stroud. Fascinating story, it was too. <laughs> it was, yeah. And local, a lot. I think a lot of locals were up in arms. But uh, what's happened now? And this story is by Chris Warne. And the headline is, What an Eyesore! Outrage as County Council botches resurfacing works. And this is from the Stroud News Journal. It is, yeah. yeah. Resur- Which is very predictable that they botched it, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, yeah. They have to try to cut corners. Resurfacing work in Stroud High Street has been criticised by residents, traders and councillors, with one shopper labelling it, it as an act of vandalism. <laughs> the large, pack, uh, large patch of black asphalt dotted with yellow stones by Kendrick Street provoke disbelief among pedestrians, many of whom stopped to inspect it on Monday morning. Sorry, so is it an, is it an unusual road? Because I've not seen a road that's normally black, dotted with yellow stones. Is this meant to be artistic in some way? I don't think so. I'm just, I don't really understand what they meant by yellow stones. Um, it was completed the day before by contractors working for Gloucestershire Highways. Town Mayor John uh, Majorum said it looked disgraceful, while District Councillor Roger Sanders uh, described it as a second-rate job. Several traders have called for the original uh, brickwork surface to be replaced. To uh, be restored. To be restored, sorry, yeah. Uh, Juliet Parry, the manager of Moonflower, uh, a clothes and jewellery shop situated by the new surface, said, Customers have been saying it looks awful. It should be put back to its previous state. Her sentiments were echoed, were echoed by uh, Stroud bookshop owner Charles Tug, who said, It looks miserable and cheap. <laughs> People are up in arms about this, Alex. Well, this is a road. <laughs> is, it a main, is it a really thought of. It's Stroud High Street, yeah, this is the main road. Oh, right, so everybody's got to traipse up and down it every day. Is it pedestrian? Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe it is. Yes. Then why have they put asphalt down? I, don't, I really don't understand. Is there no picture of the road? There's not, unfortunately. What sort of a paper is this? You're going to do this story, show us a picture. Sorry. Um, among the shoppers voicing their dismay was Richard Clissold, 63, from Chalford. There you go. From Chalford. Where he said, from? this I saw is an act of vandalism. And these people are crazy. Yeah, they really They've are. got nothing better that to do. Really. A GCC spokesman in Gloucester County Council uh, said work was needed to replace loose cobbles and damaged paving stones. We recognise that some people have raised concerns about the quality of the work. And we may have been uh, out inspect. Oh, sorry. And we have been out inspecting the site today, she added. People are angry, Alex and Stroud. This, but do you think this is the first step uh, for Stroud? They're going to replace all the roads to look like this. I'm miserable and cheap. Miserable and conformist. Miserable and conformist. That's right. Because I've actually seen pictures of Pyongyang in North Korea. I think miserable and conformist is exactly what that place looks like. Okay, I just want to double check that it is actually the high street I'm thinking of because I don't want to get confused. If it's yeah, no, it is. It's the, it is the road I'm thinking of. It was a pedestrianised area, so I, don't, I, I can probably understand why people are up in arms, because it, they've just taken a pedestrianised area and... Rob, can I just stop you there? You've managed in this last minute to make a story that was already tedious, tedious now beyond belief. <laughs> right, my next story. Shock as needle found on Bournemouth Beach. Um, I don't know who the journalist is, so it's a Bournemouth-related story right. now. 
A family day out on Bournemouth Beach was cut short after a used hypodermic needle was spotted sticking out of the sand. Oh my god! Because well, what people have got to understand in Bournemouth, the sort of stories you get there are very different than in South East London. You know, a needle being found on the on the pavement in Lewisham would not be reported well, because think... they're littered with with uh, needles. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't move for needles around there. Can't move for needles. Yeah, uh, you might just want to move that one away from your foot on the floor. Oh god, yeah. might be be affected Um, a family day out on Bournemouth Beach was cut short after a used hypodermic needle was spotted sticking out of the sand Gemma Traves 38 from Parkstone was horrified when her 6 year old son Samuel drew her attention to the needle near Bournemouth Pier on Sunday morning she said we just sat down on the beach luckily Samuel shouted out when he saw the needle so neither he nor my 3 year old daughter Amelia Jane picked it up they're quite well to do these uh, Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> it happened in a split second. When a lifeguard told us there was also broken glass on the beach, we immediately <laughs> packed up our belongings. Wait <laughs> why have you cleared it up? It's just advisable. <laughs> uh, by the way, love, there's some broken glass there yeah, as well. Yeah, just watch out for needle, yeah? Don't get yourself getting stabbed when I get AIDS. Prop. Inappropriate. Why? You get AIDS. I've seen adverts. Not adverts. <laughs> <laughs> like, campaigns that say you shouldn't use needles. You should also replace... Carry on. Uh, it was a shock and really spoiled the day. We normally go to Pool Beach and never have any problems there. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, Pool is the very nice, well-to-do area. It's where the sandbanks are. Of, I mean, there are a million-pound homes down there. Everywhere. Pool's nice, yeah. I've been there. It's incredible. Um, Gemma added, We want families to be on their guard. Bournemouth Council's Acting Seafront Business Development Manager... It's a long title, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. Acting Seafront Business Development Manager. Sarah May said... Our beach cleaning team patrol the seafront daily. We urge anyone who finds a discarded needle not to touch it and contact the beach office immediately. We would also appeal to people to dispose of their waste appropriately. This provoked... Now, what's, what's interesting about the Bournemouth Echo is, you know how the new shopper gets a relatively high amount of comments? Yeah. Bournemouth Echo, on every story, generally, people comment and comment and comment. Joking. They're really an exercised people down there because they're probably all elderly and have nothing better to do. True. Old Colonial says, litter of any sort is most likely to accumulate around the pier. Apparently Bournemouth has seven miles of sand. Perhaps a short walk east or west could have saved the day. Sorry, perhaps walk is a foreign word for this lady. (laughs) He's basically accusing her of being lazy. He's saying, look, you could have just got up and walked a few few metres to the left or a few metres to the right and you wouldn't have been bothered by this needle. Lazy or fat. Okay. Um, (laughs) Penhale says... Not really news, considering the size of Bournemouth Beach. What next? A pebble found on the beach. <laughs> these syringes are all over the streets. Sign of the modern age, I suppose, as these needles are so easy to get hold of, and it seems just as easy to dispose of. Hey. Rambling. Right. Cack. <laughs> Capricorn One says, I'm sure the beach rangers do their best to rid the place of things that shouldn't be there, but sometimes it's like looking for a needle in a... dot dot dot. Clever comment. Yeah, Don't get that sort of comment on the new shop. Can I ask beach rangers? Yeah, I know. Beach Ranger. I do like I want to be a beach ranger. I haven't really got the body for it, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, nor have I. I do like the impression that she just say if, if anyone finds anything like a needle to call the beach off. I just like the, 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 the beach office. These two guys in like, yeah. special uniforms. <laughs> Hello, beach office. Yeah, and they literally just dash out, cordon off the area, hazmat outfits, yeah. and pick up the, uh, the needle. needle yeah. that's, that's, Close off the entire beach. That's what happens. Yeah, like in Jaws. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's what happens. <laughs> Um, Smith, 74, says, Don't you know, they are supposed to comb it vigorously. I think the beach rangers do a fab job. I see them every morning. I'm down there with my dogs. And before anyone says... Shitting on the beach. (laughs) And before anyone says anything, Yes, I do clean up after my pet. (laughs) I do apologise. I'd love to be a beach ranger. That beautiful scenery every day to look at, rain or shine. They just drifted off there into sort of reverie. My next story is... Is this your final story? Or no, I've got no. two more. Good, right. um, My next story is from this one, an advertiser. Uh, the story's by Emma Dunn. We've had a few Every people. week we have Emma Dunn. I know, yeah, she's popular. You're obsessed with her. I wish I could... Oh, no, Rob, are you forming a fixation with this woman? Oh, if I could find a picture. Because I'm only... Li- I, I love her articles, so maybe I could love her. Okay. Sure Rob's already ditched the girlfriend that I'm you heard sure from last week. I'm sure my going to appreciate that. Okay, um, the headline is, and this is good. Is that bad for your girlfriend to have found out about this... On a podcast. I've heard of dumping by text, but dumping by podcast is pretty atrocious. 
It means I don't have to actually encourage her to listen to the podcast and enable for us to break up. Yeah. <laughs> that would be completely more heartless <laughs> if you could just listen to uh, around the 34th minute. <laughs> Rob has, isn't really ditching his girlfriend, just for clarification. No, I have, I have no intention. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Oh. So the headline is... Don't, don't. <laughs> sorry, let me just clean my vomit off the floor here. <laughs> anyway, the headline... Get um, on with it. Yeah, okay. Oh, did you find a picture of Emma Dunn? No, it hasn't loaded. Oh, no, it just... No, No, we'll do it on... Uh, we'll look her up, see if she's on Facebook. Okay. Stalk her a bit. Okay. okay. Emma Dunn. I'm doing it. Oh, sorry. Emma Dunn. Here goes. There's an actress called Emma Dunn. She's a much-noted stage actress before turning to films. Emma Dunn. Oi, whoa, in the images here. Blimey. Is that her? <laughs> it's a very voluptuous... <laughs> she is quite a... Yeah. Please a, report a the offensive image. I'm not going to report it. Rob, the, the, the picture I've ever done that's come up here on Google Images, just to show you, is this lady. Would you like to describe this for the listener? Oh, I met. No, no, oh, 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 here we go, here we go. So it's not, this isn't. Here she is, Emma okay. Dunn. Hey, do you know what? She's quite an attractive young lady, I have to do say. You not say. Would you not say that she is the best looking out of all of those people? Rob, all of these people who work for the Swindon Advertiser look like they've just left, uh, they look, just, just left college. It, all, all the seven... Um, journalists in the newsroom look like they're under 30. Well, well or possibly under 20. He I looks like about 16. Emma, D- Emma Dunn is very attractive and she glamorous. Um, it's also got her direct dial. I might be giving her a call later. Emma, if you're listening, we think you're the most attractive out of the newsroom team. Although, I would add the proviso that we've only seen a single picture of you that's been taken on a particular day with particular lighting from a particular angle. And in reality, you might not be that attractive at all. Yeah. And now back to her story. Yes. <laughs> okay. The headline for which is Ho's caring about drought. Right. Ho so it's a play on words. Instead of who is caring about the drought, it's Ho's caring about the drought. Yes. We've got a hose pipe ban on at the moment because we've got this big drought. Um and we haven't had enough rain basically. Yeah. So we can't did... use hose we can't use uh, hose pipes. A friend of mine just as a quick aside, a friend of mine on Facebook did say last night that hose pipe is a bit of a weird weird word a weird word because it's kind of confirming the same thing twice yeah like is it a hose or is it a pipe yeah the town may be in the midst of a hose pipe ban but a fountain at the orbital shopping centre is still in full flow unbelievable I know but doesn't a fountain just recycle the same water well actually it goes into this (laughs) despite a restriction being put on water uses last week the display, which is next to the Asda at the North Swindon Retail Park has has not been switched off is that in Old Town or New Town? See, I'm uh, learning. I'm, I'm, I'm North Swindon. Uh, it'd probably be Newtown. Yeah, the crummy bit. I mean, you're going to have an Asda in the old town, are you? The well-to-do bit. Uh, yeah, that's true. They'd have a Waitrose. Stuart Tanfield of Harnell Taylor Cook said, It runs off collected rainwater, but did not deny the fresh water is also being used. We have had no instructions from the powers that be that we need to turn it off. In theory, we manage it from, for Asda, and nothing has been dictated to us that we have to turn it off, he said. It is topped up with rainwater, and the water is recycled anyway. Hang on a minute. The problem is there is no rainwater. Yeah. That's why we've got a drought. There isn't enough rain. It's all very well him saying it's topped off by rainwater. There isn't any rainwater. That's why it's a drought. And then he also goes on to say that he is aware that there's also fresh water. So what he's saying is the fountain is fresh water. So this is directly affecting, and directly contravenes, the hosepipe ban. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The move makes it a criminal offence to use a hosepipe ban for most jobs, such as washing gardens and washing the car... Although using watering cans and buckets of water, tap water is still legal. I washed my car this morning. I used a bucket of water. It's good to hear. Well, why don't you go and go and uh, um, stage a sit-in protest in the fountain? Uh, and you that's could, a good idea. You could double it up because it, you know, get a free bath out of it. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? I'll think about that. There is one other strange thing about this story. It's the photograph. Right. Now, if you just would like to describe what that photograph is. The photograph is of a young girl... Yeah, probably about four, maybe. Yeah. Very little. She's wearing a pink sort of flea-suited top, blue jeans and uh, and sort of woolly boots. And she's holding up her hands sort of in slightly, slightly surprised, but slightly amused as some water shoots up out of this fountain and sort of probably sprays her a bit. That in itself isn't weird. It's the comment in the little, in the right-hand corner that just says, buy this photo? <laughs> as in purchase? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's saying, yeah, it shows that this website is trying to get it, make a bit of money on the side by saying, hey, you want this photo of this random child in a fountain? It could be yours. Yeah. I'd like to know how much it would cost to yeah, buy this it. photograph. So you click the link and it says, we cannot find this page you're looking for. <laughs> it's an absolute rip-off. It's a jib. You can't there's find somebody the out there, right? I now who's going, there's somebody out there that's going, 
oh no, but I really wanted that picture. There's nothing about that photograph that stands out for me. No. The next story I have, I've just got a couple more, Rob, and they're from, um, they're from the Bournemouth Echo. Okay. Um, the headline, this is from the Bournemouth Echo, there's no journalist listed, and the headline is, Occupy Boscombe, protesters, bongo drums, annoy neighbours. <laughs> neighbours have an issue with the ongoing occupation of Boscombe, is that how you pronounce Boscombe. it? Boscombe. Boscombe. Centre for Community Arts, or the BCCA, bongos. The Haviland Road building has been taken over by protesters opposing the site's redevelopment as affordable housing. And they are members of the Occupy movement, which opposes the current distribution of wealth and power. One resident told the Echo, we are subjected to a nighttime cacophony of discordant drumming sessions. <laughs> Another resident said they did it a couple of times and it was noisy, but never after 10pm and there have been no problems of late until a couple of nights ago. I've spoken to a few of them and they are quite pleasant, no trouble at all. You wouldn't know they're there most of the time, but the drums are very loud. A third person said, I did hear some bongos a while ago, but it's very peaceful now. <laughs> Bournemouth Council is seeking an eviction order and the next hearing will be at the County Court on April the 10th. When I think of the Occupy movement, when you think that some of the, the sit-ins and the, and the camps that they've, they've... Like St Paul's Cathedral like some, Yeah, like Wall Street, OK? Yeah. Hearts of financial districts. They're objecting about the council trying to build affordable housing. <laughs> I believe so, yeah. I mean, that's... Do you not find that strange? <laughs> well, I did strange? find it odd. I, I wondered if they have an issue with the fact that affordable housing is having to be made in the first place their idea would be well look there's enough housing to go around it's just the rich buy it all up and we're left having okay, to live yeah, in this crappy housing sense. I don't know if, if any spokesman would like to contact us from the Occupy movement we'd love to hear from you yeah um, why comment, are you missing a story comments on this story I had to check the date uh, but it's not April the 1st they've quoted the article I did hear some bongos a while ago but it's very peaceful now end quotes <laughs> was the story written after a longer than expected lunchtime outing down the pub <laughs> Stop and Consider says, So the reporter spoke to three residents, one who wasn't happy, one who said the protesters were no trouble at all, and a third resident who said it's very peaceful now. Hardly a story. What next? Neighbours hear dog barking? Sound of a car upset somebody else? (laughs) The renegade master says, How much longer are those law-breaking lowlifes going to be allowed to illegally occupy the BCCA? It's high time they're all thrown out of there. How about threatening to stop paying them benefits if they don't leave? Or even worse... Forcing them to do a day's work. The thought of a proper day's work will send most of them running for cover. Like cockroaches when a light... <laughs> Could you have got a more Sorry. white ring view than that? <laughs> yeah, but let me finish. It's just a brilliant comment. Oh my god, there's a toy boat right there. The thought of a proper day's work will send most of them running for cover. Like cockroaches when a light is switched on. <laughs> Oh, I mean, oh, Jesus, where do you even start with that? Because we live in London, obviously the Occupy movement were there for some time. We obviously had, they had donations from local businesses who gave them food. They set up their own, their own university where general public were welcome. And these people did have jobs. These were, I mean, there was a no, big... Rob, they were, they were, they were benefit-cheat lowlifes. Oh, cockroaches, Rob. I'm sorry, I got confused there. Cockroaches. Yeah. Um, the last person to call any group of demonstrators cockroaches was uh, Colonel Gaddafi. <laughs> Okay, Rob, your final story. Yeah, this is once again from the uh, the Swindon Advertiser. And or the Adver. The Adver. The story is... Oh, it doesn't actually have um, a journalist. <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen the headline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the headline is, Town's not ugly, but it needs some work. <laughs> right. And this is obviously in relation to Swindon. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then, but what's weird is, go back, so the picture, there's a picture, it doesn't say you can buy that photograph. No, that's a nice picture. So why, is not, why doesn't every photo have the option to buy now? Buy now to avoid disappointment. I don't get it. Why no, just the picture of the girl with the fountain? Unless, I can't, the only thing that they'd obviously, maybe it was a freelance journalist that they uh, bought in the picture. Yeah, okay. But then you can't buy it anyway. Because <laughs> so the leak doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, tell me the story then. Politicians and business leaders have been quick to defend Swindon after the survey, survey branded it ugly and average. <laughs> And Rob, it's just so appropriate that this is sort of the rough area where you come from, don't you? <laughs> Ugly and average. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What? No, no, I shouldn't be agreeing. But residents have had their reservations. As reported in the advert on Saturday, Forward Swindon, the council-funded economic development firm, asked 300 business heads around the country what they thought of the town. <laughs> and the results weren't flattering. <laughs> um, those who did come out with a, signif- uh, a significantly negative image 
top terms associated with, with it included UK average and new town, while 39% of respondents considered the town ugly. Oh, This is really bad for Swindon. I, I, I start to feel quite sorry. Um, only 3% saw Swindon as attractive or creative. <laughs> 3%. 3%. <laughs> Um, North Swindon MP Justin Tomlinson said uh, Swindon had much to be proud of. The 12, mini- uh, 12 million award winning Steam Museum and 6 million invested into Lydia Country Park are just two examples that show residents. If all they ever go on about is the bloody railways. <laughs> you were going on about last week about the opera. You keep bleating so, on about it. Swindon needs to do something new. Yes, but also Lydia Park. Lydia Park's what a is people Lydia there. Park? Lydia, you saw the the, um, the photo. The no, okay, don't go back to that. Home. Yeah. That's yeah, that's Lydia Park. It's a lovely little country park just outside Swindon. It's very nice. Do they do dog shows? They it kind of they might well do actually. Yeah, I I'll, I will see if I can find that out, especially if they're free. And he goes on to say, yeah, it is essential that we redouble our efforts to deliver the much-needed town centre regeneration. This is key to the perception of Swindon, and with our wonderful country park and vibrant economy economy and business base, we have a bright future. Now, some of the the comments from the residents, okay. Kathleen Barton, 81, of Park North, said, I wouldn't say it was ugly, but it needs a a little bit of work doing. Um, they do need to spend a bit more money. Pennyhill resident Valerie Cowan said she preferred to go to Cheltenham or Sirencester rather than shop in Swindon, as they had more to offer. It's just a rubbish town. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be lovely when it was a small town, but now it's not very nice at all, she said. Before all the ethnic minorities moved in. I believe so, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, By the way, those were my views. Those were the views of a, uh, of a fictitious uh, racist person living in Swindon. Yes, yeah. Uh, Alistair Kemp, UK PR manager for Intel, has lived in Swindon since 2008 after moving from Royal Wharton Bassett. For Intel? Yeah, for the big software manufacturer. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Um, <laughs> Swindon's absolutely fine. <laughs> what a great ring endorsement that is. Absolutely fine. Yeah. It's a perfectly nice place to live. We have been here a long time and it's a good place to be. Uh, there are lots of great companies here. If there's somewhere you want to be in terms of looking for work and having a def- decent lifestyle in these difficult times, then Swindon's a good place. They could just print that on the, tu- on the tourism. They could, yeah. Just a bit about the survey where this came from. The £10,000 survey is part of a £300,000 three-year marketing campaign to try and put Swindon on the map. <laughs> well, it started off well. Three, uh, not 300, sorry, 300000 Um and encourage businesses to relocate here, including a, a £20,000 website, which can be found at www.swindon.co.uk.com. I mean, I have to say, they've paid a lot of money f- for this. I mean, PR, basically. And the first story to come out of it that's been publicised in the local paper on the website is that Swindon is ugly in average. What yeah. a good start. I'm going to move on to the comments, because... I want to hear these. Yeah, OK. The <laughs> commenter known as... The artist formerly known as Grumpy Old Man says... <laughs> good, good, good name. Sorry to disagree with the other commenters here, but Swindon is indeed a dump. The town centre no longer has any useful uh, purpose beyond providing cheap drinks, establishments for students, and pound shops for the underachievers. <laughs> any buildings of vague historical significance are left to rot until they fall down. Yeah. The road system is in crisis, with the only solution given for most problems being to close the roads down and move the problem somewhere else. And then there's the whole issue of the inappropriate development. Swindon used to have a place and purpose, which is which was lost years ago, based on influx of temporary workers. <laughs> he, temporary, means Im- he means immigrants. He means immigrants, yeah. Uh, and the ridiculous housing targets forced upon us by the government to accommodate said workers. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You can see where this is going. This means every area, every area that looked either remotely green now seems destined for overdevelopment, from parks and open spaces in the existing development areas to the green fields surrounding our town. No one is saying where the local jobs will come from to support all these new houses. Swindon has become a commuter town. No one really wants to live here, but the housing is cheaper than Reading, Bath, Newbury, etc. Hence, many people in, co- in commas live in Swindon, but spend very little time, time actually living in the, in the town. So care very little for it. After all, when the next job comes to it, they'll probably move away again. Um, my last story, Rob, uh, is again from the Bournemouth area. It's from the Echo. I love the way this story was written. Okay. The, uh, the story is by Jim Durkin. And the headline is, Held at Knife Point by Boy Age Nine. (laughs) That's not funny, I'm sorry. (laughs) A young lad was left devastated after a knife-wielding nine-year-old threatened to stab him in a packed pool park. Oh my god. Police officers rushed to Haskell's Recreation Ground, Parkstone, in the aftermath of the menacing incident, but later admitted their hands were tied, as the alleged offender was too young to be prosecuted. 
Now the ten-year-old victim, J.L. White, from Haskell's Road, has been left wondering if the boy will carry out his threats. Jay's mum, Liz White, explained, It's fair to say my son doesn't take a lot of nonsense from people, and over the past year tensions between him and this other lad have been running high. Jay told me this lad confronted him at the recreation ground and said, Are you going to be friends with me? When Jay answered no, he said the lad pulled out a knife and said... (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. And said... Now are you going to be friends with me? Mrs. White, who said the knife was a pocket or pen knife, added, Jay told me that the lad had then warned him if he told anybody about it, he was going to stab him. (laughs) After Jay ran home, his worried mum called the police and they quickly launched a search for the nine-year-old. By the time they found him, he did not have a knife in his possession. Mrs. White said, I now have the worry about letting Jay back to the park to play in case this lad follows up on his threats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My son was more upset when the police came round to update us and basically said the lads couldn't be punished <laughs> further because he was under the age of criminal responsibility. I teach my son that if you do something wrong, you have to face the consequences. So he was left asking, Mummy, why is he not being punished? My son was devastated, said Mrs White. He just sat there sobbing his heart out. It wasn't a huge knife, but a blade is still a blade. He was more upset by the fact that the lad could not be punished than being threatened. (laughs) I'm just so miserable, Mummy, with the injustice of it all. (laughs) A Dorset police spokesman confirmed officers attended Haskell's Recreation Ground last Thursday around 5pm. The spokesman told the Daily Echo, We received the report. Officers attended and located the child in question. He was given strong words of advice in the presence of his parents. Please stop using the word lad. Nobody uses the word lad. She keeps in every sentence, lad this, lad that. (laughs) He's a nine-year-old. Would he use the word mummy? I'm not sure that he would. He might oh. do. He's still quite young, isn't he? You, you're really robbing this poor child of his, <laughs> of his childhood. That he, you, you, you're now smirching his masculinity because he uses the word mummy. He ran off. Um, <laughs> he should have fought his way out of that situation. I would say, by the way, from a, a legal perspective here, the pen knife, the knife and the pen Rob knife... Rob used not... to be a, um, a, uh, a special constable. And under, under points and blades, that's not... It's actually... A, if it is a knife from a pen knife, it wouldn't be classed as an offensive weapon. Although the act itself of threatening behaviour would be, obviously. So you're allowed to bring a pen knife into school, are you? I wouldn't have thought so. You would. Because it has to be under a certain... Um, I think... I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's, uh, it's a certain length of blade. But a pen knife, because it's a, it's a blade that folds away. If he if he like say if he took like a kitchen knife that can't be retracted. If I had a fader, I would have faded you out. Yeah. Um, I've just got one tiny because I've just been waiting to read this for weeks because it's so small and I just really liked it. Um, Stray fireworks sparks clifftop inferno <laughs> by Stephen <laughs> Bailey. This right. happened. This is a picture of it, Rob. Jesus. Okay. Right. It's quite a stray firework caused a massive cliff blaze that spread rapidly through gorse opposite luxury flats. It took 45 firefighters, 45, with 10 water jets to stop the flames at Canford Cliffs on Saturday night. The fire was blown along the cliff face and destroyed 500 square metres of gorse below Cliff Drive. The fire was believed to have been started by a firework let off from the beach below. Resident George McBrain, 85, what a name, name. McBrain, a retired area manager said, I've never seen flames quite like it, it was that intense. Jane Patrick, 40, speech and language therapist, said, You could see the fireworks going off by the cliff edge. Then you could feel the heat of the fire through the window. James Kenyon of Westbourne, who took video footage, said, The wind was blowing it, and the little trees were basically just exploding. The whole promenade <laughs> the whole promenade is full of beach huts, and if it had come down that far, they're worth 14 grand apiece. Somebody couldn't find their dog, and a guy was asking me if I'd seen it. <laughs> the couple of comments... John in Poole says, I spoke to a lady who had lost her dog. It was called Smokey. (laughs) (laughs) And Paul Paul Weaver said, this comment is an extremely poor taste. (laughs) (laughs) Some mention there that the the fire was was that ferocious that she could feel it through her window. Yeah, I just like the trees exploding. Sounds epic. How could she feel it through her window? Because she obviously lived near to where the blaze was. But if it was that intense, yeah. would they not have been evacuated? If she could feel it through her window, <laughs> would they not have moved her out? Or is she just, is that just bullshit? <laughs> okay, should we wrap up the podcast then? So, um, we want your emails, we still haven't, I mean... Yes, please! And I was gonna, oh yeah, you, you, you said this week, if we hadn't had an email, you would plead. We've got uh, two email addresses, localanesthetic 
podcast at gmail.com spelt the English way of anaesthetic yep. and the American way, but I haven't checked that, so we could have had an email there, but I doubt it. Okay. Um, nobody has emailed us there yet. We have people, 400 people have downloaded the show. If you are listening to this in the city of London, if you are listening to this in Alabama or New York or Oregon or wherever you or are listening anywhere, to, or yeah. Australia or Kuala Lumpur, Go onto the web, have a look at your local news site, have a look for stories in your local area, and please send us a link for a story that you have found amusing. We'd love to hear from you. I'm afraid I just did your job for you there. You were going to plead. Now, I, was. I didn't plead. That was a reasonable. I want you to plead now. Please, please, we need your emails, we need your comments. Facebook comments, anything, please just send no, them don't in. say anything. People just start leaving random shit. We want emails more than anything. <laughs> and by okay, the emails, way, yeah. if you like the um, uh, podcast, you would really be doing us a favour by going onto iTunes uh, writing a review and leaving us a five star rating if possible. We've already had a few, yeah. uh, a few of those. But please, please, people, we would really like you to do that for us if yeah. you've enjoyed the show. We know you're downloading it, and I don't want to come and hunt you down. But this may be my only choice. Right? Um, can you spell anaesthetic for local anaesthetic podcast at gmail dot com? For those of you who don't know how to spell the word anaesthetic, Rob, you're going to spell it for people phonetically, and then yes. I'm going to do it. Okay, it's Alpha November Alpha Echo Sierra Tango. Hotel Echo Tango India Charlie, and now you are going to set me a challenge to do to do it in my own my own alphabet. So you're going to set me a challenge. What's my theme? Towns or cities in the UK? In the UK? Yeah. Oh. I'll ex- oh, it's in the UK, so we're also accepting Scotland. Yeah, Wales. that won't help me. Okay. Um, um, Aberdeen. Yes. Nunhead. Okay. Yeah. Aberdeen. Is there a place called Nunhead? Well, yeah, there is, but it's not really a town. It's just part of London. Oh. Uh, Norwich. Aberdeen. Essex? No, you want towns, don't you? No, uh, uh, yeah, I want towns or cities. Oh, oh but you, you know my geography's terrible. Capital of Scotland. Edinburgh. Right. Uh, uh, okay, okay, now I'm going to be all right now. Sydenham. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll that's the town, yeah. Uh, that's where I live, by the way. Um, Tooting. Okay. Is there a place called Hanwell? Yes, there is, yeah. yeah I don't know where, where that popped up from. No. Um, Ealing, but yeah. I've already had something for E already, and I can't remember what I said already. Uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah. So Ealing. Um, see, I didn't need your help. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Tooting, Ilford... Chelsea! <laughs> okay. A lot of those are dubious, but we'll go, we'll go with that. What do you mean none of them are dubious? Chelsea is it's an area of London. Chatham. Okay, yeah, fine. Coxmouth. Cockermouth. Sorry. <laughs> and by the way, for anybody listening in another country, there is a place in the UK called Cockermouth, and that is not a joke. Or Clitheroe, that's quite funny as well. Mm. Anyway, on that note, I think we better wrap this up. Anyway, have a lovely week, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see you next week. God bless. Take care. Bye.